On this episode, I sit down with two rock star sales leaders, Bryce Aberg, Executive Managing Director of Cushman and Wakefield, and Keith Olmo, a successful serial entrepreneur. Bryce has built the largest industrial commercial sales team in San Diego with over $2 billion in sales and over $50 million in square feet sold. Keith has founded and grown several sales companies from the ground up to over $35 million in gross revenues and over 500 employees nationwide. So listen close as we discuss why average might be the enemy of excellence, how you can achieve your best you, and what it takes to put your sales into high gear. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million dollar opportunities. All right, welcome to the show, guys. Uh, thanks for making it all the way from Carlsbad. Yeah, it's brutal. It's a long walk. Yeah, <laughs> good to have you on. It's been uh, it's been a little little bit of a. Uh, you know, one of those things I've been wanting to have you guys, I know Bryce have been wanting to have you on for, for about a year. Absolutely. And, uh, it's, it's great to actually get you guys here. So, um, you guys are not in the mortgage business, No, no. but, but that doesn't matter because sales is sales, right? Yep. And I think one of the main topics I want to start with is the word average. You know, there's a lot of people in this world that are average and those people, you know, they just kind of coast along. We talked about another po- podcast about, you know, being on autopilot. You know, a lot of people just sort of get into this, you know, this groove in life. There's on autopilot and they just coast and they don't really go for being great. And one of my favorite quotes is average is the enemy of excellence. So what are your thoughts on that? Keith? On the quote that you're reading off of your screen or, yeah. or being average in just, general? Just average, like that it's the enemy of excellence. Well, you know, I think, I think average is great because average is a necessity to succeed. Average will fuel the winners. Average will fuel success because average doesn't have to be a failure, but if there's a, a median or a happy place or if you will like I said coasting along right. and people are okay with that and you can benchmark yourself against that herd if you will and know that hey these are the people I have to beat to be better than them you know that that group of average I think is is a necessity so I don't necessarily think average is bad right. you know some people are if you don't have an average person then you're not going to have a great person because yeah. you have to have something to base that off absolutely of. I mean everyone's unique in their own goals and requirements you know some people don't want to make a lot of money they don't measure yeah money with success you know the three of us obviously do you know we're you know we're in the business of making money right and it's true like I mean people uh, they, they say well you know you can measure success by what people drive or what people wear but that's not necessarily true success I mean true success can that can be reflective of true success but a lot of people like what Warren Buffett wears you know average clothes and you know so, there's a quote I love and I don't have it in front of me and it was told to me by a, a business coach I saw. Right. And he quoted the person, and I've looked it up and I can't find it, but he says, there's no such thing as a successful or self-made person. Okay. You're only a product of those who help you. So for me, I've had an, a tr- tremendous amount of 
average people make me extremely successful. And I'm very thankful for those individuals because even though they may be average, but they could be much better than I am in certain things that I, you know, I just can't handle myself. Right. That's a good point. And, and I mean, I don't like to be average. You know, it's one thing that, uh, I think that I, you know, I got 13 year old kids, right? They're twins and I don't teach them to be average. I try to get them to try a little more, try to do, do above and beyond what the, the average is. Um, you know, they're not, you know, they, they're not born with, you know, incredible athletic skills. Right. Cause I was, you know, I was a skater growing up. So I wasn't, I'm not seven foot tall. I don't have, you know, crazy, you know, athletic skills like, like some people are born with, but you know, like just for, but there's ways that you can, as a person, try harder than that next person. So I love that point of view that you have, which average isn't bad. It's just, it's a necessity. It's necessary to have people that are average in this world, but that doesn't mean that we have to be average, right? I mean, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of jump in here too. And again, so, so, so the word average to me, um, again, isn't have to be You're not net. average, Bryce. Yeah, yeah I am, I'm, I'm definitely not average, but I think, I think the word average for me kind of goes to the word complacency and, and, you know, again, for what we do for sales and for being always having to be on and having to be motivated and having to be self-motivated, I think, you know, again, average is a necessity. Average is what is a lot of the part of, of the you know general population, I think. But again, for sales and for for what we're talking about, I think today, yeah, there's gonna be people that are a lot of average. Yeah, there's gonna be a benchmark that we're all gonna kinda kinda set. But I think the word complacency kinda comes in with average and for what I teach my guys and what I teach what I've taught and you know multiple people throughout the years is that you know, you gotta put the hard work, you gotta you know nothing comes for free. Nothing is easy. I don't care what you do whether you do real estate, whether you do mortgage, whether you're selling what Keith does, whatever you, whatever you're doing, you got to work your tail off. And when you think you're there, you're not there. You still got to keep working hard and, 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 and harder. And it's like, you know, the world is getting much more difficult to make money and you have to be more creative. You have to be more accountable. You have to be more, you know, eager to go out there and really, really put the time in. And I think, you know, a lot of these days, you know, the millennials, and again, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that, that are the millennials that, you know, there is and nothing against that, but there is this 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 attitude where average is OK and not to go against what Keith's saying. But I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that I teach my kids that, you know, average is not OK. And I think their average is a necessity. You're going to have a lot of average people. But that's why we I kind of like that, because that makes us rise to the top, you know, right with the accountability, with the work effort, with the work ethic. You know, the way they raise our kids, the way that we were raised, I think that is going to make all of us and why we have risen to the top and within our careers and whatever different fields we're in. Yeah, that kind of goes back to like the equal opportunity versus equal outcome. I don't know if you've been hearing stuff like that, but people, you know, all want to be treated equally, right? Everyone has, wants to have the equal opportunity, but there's never going to be truly an equal outcome because not everyone's seven foot tall or six and, you know, six, six or even six, right? There's, there's people that are, you know, that are faster. There's people that are just, that are born with more money. There's people that are born better looking. There's people that are born, you know, with issues, with handicaps. Like there's, there's just never going to have an equal outcome. And then, and then when, when you relate that to sales too, I think there's people that naturally have uh, born 
uh, drive, right? They're born, they're driven uh, from when they came out of the womb. Like you, you probably can tell, I mean, if you have two kids or three kids, you can see one might be driven more than the other where one might, you know, sit back and, you know, be cool, happy with things. And the other one's not, not as satisfied with what they have and they want more. And, and, and so, yeah, I think it's a perspective of what do you want and what will make you happy and not that average is bad, but that average, uh, is okay. And yes, you do need people that are average to help build you up to what you're doing. Like, you know, you, you, but then again, the people that work for you, you can, what do you think of this? Can you require more of them or is it okay to just say, you know, the average is fine here. Like go ahead and do your average or do your, what, you know, is maybe your best is your, is your average. Their best is your average. I I think it really depends on kind of what their, what their jobs and what their titles are and what their roles are as well. Right. I mean, again, you're born with, some people are born with natural sales gifts, right? You're born with, you know, the outgoing type, A type personality, you're aggressive, you're, you know, you're, you're self-motivated, but others, you can, you can learn certain traits that are sales driven. Right. Uh, If you want to. If you want to. I mean, you know, you know, you there's stuff that you are just born with like grit where you really have to put your head down, work hard, you know, work for it. And, you know, but I think you, and I know Keith has, has trained multiple people and I have as well to learn certain techniques, certain accountability traits, certain, you know, follow through traits that, you know, you're not born with, but you can learn, you can adapt to your life. Right. So, so, I mean, you've given us a different perspective, Keith. So how would you relate that to someone who actually is going out of their way to listen to a podcast that wants to improve their sales and doesn't want to be average? Yeah. Like, what would you say to that person? Yeah. And I, th- I think, I think, you know, we might begin a little philosophical in the word average and what it means. And I was reading your quote and reflecting on my, my, my statement is, you know, average is the enemy of excellence and the destroyer of success. So my point of view is average is the stepping stone to excellent and success, but it's how, how are you going to step off or up that stone to those ladders? So you're wanting to better yourself in sales, uh, whether you're a rookie, you're new to it. The three of us in the room who are you know, conducting this podcast is a part of improving in sales. Like uh, Bryson mentioned, you know, some people are born with it or some people are seven feet tall and they just wake up and they dunk a ball. And I promise you one thing, <laughs> Bryson and I and yourself are really good at a lot of things. If you give Bryce and I a basketball, even if we share it, we're never going to dunk it. I mean, <laughs> I, can, I can get, I, I can get on your shoulders, but it's still going to be about two feet shy. Yeah, it's going to be tough for us. It's going to be tough. Yeah. So how do you improve yourself is exactly what you just said. You're saying by listening to podcasts because sales, unlike they teach in school, um, unlike, you know, a, a, a lot of millennials, if you were that you kind of be recruiting, talking to yeah. is sales is an art. It's developed and learned and mastered over time, just like any arts, a liberal art, uh, 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 musicians, yourself, your, right. your daughter. Yeah, you don't just pick up a guitar and then you can all of a sudden do these martial beautiful. arts. Yeah. You, know, you can't I mean, just do kung fu because you school. wanted to do kung fu. Yeah, so I mean, it's you just, can sure try. Like I, maybe one of the evenings we were hanging out, we might have tried to kung fu each other. But. <laughs> Absolutely. There, there's been many, many evenings where we've tried to kung fu, but I, like you said, it is an art, right? You 100%. And, and, and you have to practice and study the art. It doesn't, you're not just born with it. 
it, right? Similar to what I said before is like, you know, doctors, they have to do all kinds of continuing education. They've got to continue to, to perfect yeah, our licenses as, as professionals. Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know how many classes and then how many training seminars and how many self-coaches and, and motivational speakers and, you know, events that we've all, all three of us in sitting in this room have gone to where they're, you know, they're teaching you about accountability, teaching about follow through, teaching you about, you know, just the basics, you know, from Toastmasters, just stuff that you learn throughout college and also through your career. And, you know, again, those are tools that we in sales have to learn, have to adapt. And then we take those and those evolve to where we're at today. Right. right? So, you know, yeah, you like, become- like you said, like doctors, they have to go to multiple years of school. We're, we do the same exact thing. You know, we have to, yeah, we're not going to school for eight years for sales, you know, but we're, we're, we're continually educating ourselves as far as growing, learning new techniques, learning new ways to, you know, figure out situations. And if you're not learning, you're going to be going back to that word average. If you're not growing, you're going back backwards to turn into the average, right? You made a point earlier, like the world is moving. It's becoming harder in some ways to make money. So like if you're not continuing to learn and better yourself, you're actually moving backwards as everyone else is moving forwards. 100%. So, you know, you guys are obviously, um, you know, on the same page with, with trying to better yourself doing, and, and today with, with YouTube and with podcasts for free, anyone can learn anything they want. They can better themselves in any, any facet all day long. Yeah, I'm looking at your board. Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, Gary V. I mean, I've these are future podcast people, by oh, the way. Let, let me know when they're on. I mean, I've I've followed Grant Cardone for I was telling you, you know, at dinner yeah. over ten years. I mean, he had his books out. Ten X? No, way before that, man. Ten X was like two years ago. I mean, I'm talking about. You know, so you're like a pioneer, Grant well, Cardone. Grant Cardone came off the automotive industry and the companies I've built in the past used a liner closer sales system. So I used to recruit heavily from the automotive industry into my merchant services company. So, you know, just, you know, you know, you know, reteaching um, some of the tools and trace that, you know, Grant Cardone, just for example, whether you're the man, when you're teaching, you know, Teacher learns as much as the student. So, you know, well, you actually learn as you teach. Absolutely. Even. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you stop wanting to learn or develop or, you know, hey, I'm too successful, uh, that, you know, that, that will be a short lived success. That'll be a short lived. Because I've said it. it. I've done it. I've, yeah. I'm oh, the victim sure. of it. I'm raising my hand. Yeah. Right. Well, when you I've start making money, sword. you, yep. you kind of get a little bit, oh, la- not lazy, but like kind of like, okay, I need a break. I'm going to take that. Yeah. yeah I'm going to take some time off. Go Whoops. to the, <laughs> <laughs> go to La Costa and have a glass of wine in the jacuzzi. <laughs> But I, I think that's what differentiates ourselves from a lot of, you know, the, the average crew is that we don't get complacent. When we start making and we start being more successful, we're looking for that next event. Sure. I mean, John, you're a prime example of it. You know, you've started multiple companies where you've backed off and you started again, you started again, and you keep pushing forward and you're never complacent, which some people might think, you know, wow, you know, maybe, you know, if you've, re- you've reached success, now you need to kind of slow down and that's not the way that we're built. And I think that a lot of people are, are like us out there. They just have to find, sure. the, find the right channels and the right avenues to where they're going to be successful. And I think, you know, if people really put their hearts into what they really have passion about, like Keith, I mean, you're a prime example of it. You, whatever you have passion about, whatever you find, you're going to be successful because you have the drive. You have it self-driven. You're, you were born with it. You're lucky enough to be born with it. But 
people can learn traits that Keith has. Hopefully not all your traits, <laughs> but people can learn the traits that you have that are, you know, not, not, not born with and not inherited from, from, you know, from birth. So, well, a lot of people uh, in this, in this field that are, you know, in the mortgage business, cause this is the million dollar mortgage experience, right? So a lot of the people listening to this probably were, have been in the business a while and they were, you know, in, in the good times and in the bad times right now we're going through a complete massive shift as you guys know in the in the market in the uh, in the, in the housing right so the housing is kind of getting soft and that also mortgage applications are weighed down so there's a lot of people looking for how do I you know they might have been successful in you know making a ton of money when the refi rates were low but now as the market shifts you got to learn how to differentiate yourself how to shift with the market so you continue to take those skills that you have and being successful in one market and, and make it you know in the next market so have you guys been through any different like shifts in your business? Well, let's back up actually. Let's talk about real quick. Bryce, how did you get your start in sales? Yeah, so so I started my uh, my career in '99. Uh, graduated from college at USD and started in commercial real estate up in Orange County. And um, it was uh, typically kind of what you would think getting into sales. You know, it was not easy. It was here's a phone book, start calling, and go hit the streets. And there was no infrastructure, there was no teaming, there was no branding, there was no support, there was nothing that we have today. Um, very, very archaic, and it, it was it was it was one of those things where you just had to put your head down sink and or work swim. very hard, sink or swim. And that's what I think a lot of the listeners are in in your business they, that's what they have to do. They have to either sink or swim. And, but I think these days there is a lot more support, which is beneficial. There is there the internet. There there is. I mean, we didn't have cell phones. I don't think at that time. I mean, you fact uh, you could not text. You couldn't. Yeah, there was no selfies that were going on there. Yeah, I mean, God forbid you have to actually call someone, pick up a phone, and talk to somebody. So, you know, that being said, the the market has changed dramatically to the benefit. In some ways where it does make it easier for the salesman to actually go out and have a strategic and actually have a have a um, an educated sales process and not just, you know, throwing a dart at the board. And hopefully that, you know, that guy's going to return your call or maybe you're going to spam this or spam that. And maybe you're going to get a follow up. Now it's more strategic. Now it's more aligned. Now you're actually going to be able to really find and really fine tune your skills. You know, I think for my business alone, you know, it's getting it's, it's always been very competitive. And again, I'm in the commercial real estate field, so right. it's, it's, it's a little different, but it all kind of ties together. You know, we, sure. you know, we're, we're You're dealing with a lot of lenders. We're, you know, on the sales side, there's a lot of capital coming in the commercial real estate. And, you know, we, we work for one of the top firms with, with Cushion and Wakefield and we're, you know, we're obviously international and one of the top three. And, um, it's been, it's been really exciting to, to see our company grow and see our company expand. But in the same breath, it's getting, you know, very competitive with technology, with, you know, the younger generation, it's definitely a young man's game. It's, you know, you get, you know, I, I just turned 44 and I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm getting older and older and I feel like, you know, there's only, you can only work so hard, you know, and right. I hope my competitors aren't listening to this. So don't, don't, <laughs> don't try to take me out yet, but you know, I'm not going anywhere. But I think at the end of the day, it just, it, it all comes back to, to really to hard work and putting the time in and being methodical as far as how you're going to go about your business, whatever it is, just be methodical. And, and really think about what the next steps are. Well, I think part in, to that point is being average. The average person will not 
work extra. Yeah. Right. So when you're competing against someone else, if you're working a little extra hard or you're working a little extra hours, you're doing a little, you know, things that they wouldn't do, you're going to have an advantage. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no such thing as a time clock in my business. There's no such thing as a nine to five job. Same there's with no the mortgage s- business. There's like no such thing always as always available. You're always for- working no matter what. And, you know, again, the guys that work for me, they'll, if they're listening, I mean, they're, they're the first guys in the office. They're the last guys to leave the office. And that's just a prereq for our team. You know, right. they're the guys that wear the ties and the suits every day while their peers are wearing jeans and, and flip-flops, you know, and that's fine for some people, but sure. the way that I run my business, that's not fine for me. And, you know, maybe it's come, comes from a different, different mindset, but I think it's more about if you look the part, you feel the part, you're going to do the part. And you look in the mirror and if, if you, if you feel like you're success, you're confident. And when you're on the phone, people can feel that confidence. And that goes back to, you know, being in sales and really understanding what you're selling. That's right. Keith, how'd you get your start? In sales? Yes. Yeah, so, so I'm one of those blessed ones that I was born into it. You're a born salesman. My, I'm, I'm a third generation sales professional. My grandfather and father were insurance salesmen. So, you know, the, the sales is just a part of who I am. What was your first? Because you, you're an entrepreneur, right? Sure. So did, what was your first company? Um, well, so I like to say, you know, I've, I've changed industries four times, but I've kept the same profession, professions, sales. Right. And it took me a long time to figure this out. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you certainly go out of college like, I'm a sales guy. Yeah. I was a communications major, major, well, I better get on the phone and start just babbling to somebody. And, um, yeah, so I started out in investment banking. Okay. you know, just phone work, gruesome phone work, sales, transition to commercial insurance, wholesale side for a large uh, a carrier, if you were. Well, sales, then retail side sales, then was blessed to uh, get recruited over to commercial real estate with Bryce and, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and some of our other friends. And then the last uh, uh, industry was, uh, is, merchant services. That's where I've spent the last 10 years. I've I've built two merchant services companies from the ground up. Um, No investors, no, no, no capital partners. Just just bootstrapping. Bootstrapping and organic sales. Um, You know, though we didn't do any mortgages. We did merchant services, but uh, the first company, second company, if you will, too, we, we did a lot of um, uh, equipment leasing mm-hmm. where we were funding, you know, the paper, right? Yeah. So the word fund is a lot of fun because in my industry and in my companies, yeah. we use fund in a very HR appropriate manner. Like, hey, hurry the fund up. Get that funding deal down, you mother funder. <laughs> you guys, it's funding Friday. It's end of the funding month. Let's go. So a lot of fun. You can have fun with fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They're going to use that a lot here now. Thank, good, good job, Keith. It's fun. Every time you say yeah. fun, you got to pay Keith a quarter hey, now. The funding phone. Now, wait, what did you just say? Fun, funding. Yeah, it, it's, trust me, HR chased me around for years. I'm like, hey, it's a part of the deal. That's um, awesome. And, uh, you know, you know, and kind of benchmarking off of what Bryce was saying with his career and, you know, not giving up in determination, hundred percent back that, you know, the, the only reason why I've had extreme success in sales, even though you haven't asked me, but I'm just going to keep talking. is because you have fun. 
If you have you fun, it, if yeah. you have fun in sales, it doesn't matter what you're selling. If you have fun, you'll do better. Yeah, if you totally enjoy, great. if you appreciate, look, the money has to be there because we're in sales. Yeah. You know, look, the money's going to be there, right? Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Okay, but if you're having a good time, you work with great people. For example, Bryce and his company and in his industry. I've been around the block. I I, I left the, his company because you had it, too much fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, that, depends yeah, who you're asking yeah, here. Yeah, it's, and who you're asking here, John. Uh, yes. yes, yes. Now they're publicly <laughs> traded and, you know, he's the top Different dog. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? The cell phones, kind of, you know, now everyone's watching nowadays, yeah. right? Um, you know, well, it's safe to say you've you've been able to, to learn different products, different companies, different types of sales. So, doesn't so matter. it doesn't matter. You're a sale, salesman born. Once you're a salesman, you're always a salesman. Like you, you can sell anything, ice to Eskimos. You know, there's, there's the, it depends on the sales cycle, the product. You know, technology, which we've been talking about and millennials and, you know, technology is amazing. I mean, listen, we're doing the podcast, you know, our phones, you know, computers, blah, 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 blah. Technology also makes the average lazy, mm-hmm. lazy. They won't pick up the phone. Yeah, okay. Right. They won't make that People call. Don't wanna they don't want to do the fall. I mean, gosh forbid if the, the lead comes in through an email, if it hasn't generated to a complete application, oh, oh, it's it's missing the, you know, it's missing a digit. It's not a deal. Like, well, I, you know, this is the stuff we would have died for in our day, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just do a little extra going back to the average thing. If you just do a little extra, you're going to be doing more than the average person. Absolutely. You succeed in sales with, you know, the hard work, like Bryce talked about the determination, but you got to have fun and it's, it has to be driven by the culture and the leader. You got to have fun too, but, but also too, you're going to, you're going to have a lot of failures. Oh. I think, I mean, you know, sales is all about failing. I mean, what's your favorite failure? I love to ask this question. Oh, I mean, there's so many. I mean, I, I literally, I fail, I fail every day and I appreciate the fail because then you're going to get it back up and learn how to do it a different way or learn why that failed, failed, right? And why, why it didn't work and then figure out a new way to go about it. I mean, literally, you know, I have guys come to me and they're like, Bryce, you know, I, I, I this didn't work or that didn't work. And you know, I kind of get excited for them because I can, you know, help them do it a different way or, you know, think about it maybe a little differently. And next thing you know, they come back and it actually worked. And then when that situation comes back around, maybe they might fail at that certain thing, but they're going to fail again. And, and again, like I said, if you're not failing, you never, you're not, you know, you're not growing, you're not learning, you know, and I think you asked, you're, you're, you're not trying new things. You're not trying to be more creative. You're not trying to get outside your box or outside your focus and trying to figure out, you know, what's next, what's going to be happening. Like you said, the economy is changing. You know, hopefully we're going to, we got a couple more good, strong years here, but reality is, is that, you know, cycles do come and you have to be creative and understand that you're going to fail. It's part of sales. And that if you are afraid to fail, you know, sales is probably not the right job for you because it's... That might go into different fields. Yeah, you might want to maybe do something a little different. But, you know, again, you know, don't be scared of failing because that is what makes us successful. That's what makes you better. That's what makes the guys that make X dollars to Y dollars. It's the guys that make the more money is the guys that fail. I guarantee right. you ask, you know, the, the, the most successful guys around and they've continually failed and they still fail. And if, and, and if, if, if they don't tell you they failed... They're not being honest with you. <laughs> That's so true. It's part of the deal. What about you, Keith? What's your favorite failure? Do you have any stories? I know you, I'm sure you have oh, a couple Oh, gosh. Of you know, my favorite failure. Like best lesson that you're like, okay, gosh, I'm not going to sure. do that again. Okay. You know, it would be, um, it would fall under trust and belief. You know, okay. you know, when you trust in a process, maybe mm-hmm. part of the sales system. It worked yesterday. 
or you trust in a person, maybe uh, you know, on your team, a vendor, a customer, mm-hmm. a business partner. And when that trust and or belief is broken, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe to a point where it becomes devastating to the result, you know, financially, emotionally, you know, uh, uh, to you, your company, your family, maybe, maybe it's a, a trust that's just, you know, it, it turns into betrayal, right? Sounds like there's a story behind yeah, this. Yeah, sounds like there's a story here. Tell us what sure, happened, Keith. Sure, what? sure, sure, sure. Well, but let's back well, up. Sit back, bit. take your shoes off, relax a little bit here. Let's, let's back up a little bit. <laughs> but when that, when, when that trust and belief, you know, is devastated or ruined is, you have to continue to trust and believe. So like, you know, Bryce was talking about, you have to learn how to fail. You have to manage failure. You know, if you, you can't move forward in business or in sales or in life without trust and belief, you know? So when that gets corrupted, you still have to believe and you still have to have trust. you can get cynical or you can be like, ah, this, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Because tr- like someone betrayed your trust or this didn't work out like you thought it was going to work out. So yep. you can just get completely down and yep. you yep. just have to fail and then get up and try again. Yeah. Right? But, you know, back to, to, to Bryce's comment is failure is depending on your sales cycle. It could be by the minute, you know, say you're making calls, right? You're just right. getting beat up on the phone. You know, a lot of people in Bryce's industry, commercial real estate, that failure could be on an annual cycle. You work in that deal that you worked for a year and yeah. 11th hour yeah. just pops. So you have to learn how to manage and mitigate that failure, but you, you will walk away with 10 times the failure than you will success. But you got to make sure that success makes up for those stepping stones of failure. That's a good point. Yeah. So in our in our business with mortgages, we've got uh, in non-QM, there's a high rate of, uh, we'd call it fallout. So you know how you just, the point you just made was that sometimes you'll have a deal you're working on for a long time and then it just didn't work out or it broke down or it just, everything fell apart. Uh, we, we deal with that, but on a month to month scale. So like every deal that we're working on every month, you know, there might be four deals or seven deals in the pipeline and only three of them close or only two of them, or maybe one sometimes. Cause it's just, you know, the, the borrower didn't tell you this, that, you know, this, this happened and you found out they were, you know, paying alimony and child support and now it hits their debt ratio and they can't, you know, they can't qualify anymore. So, um, how do you guys deal with that? Cause I, I know you have in your businesses too, where some, some deals don't work out. So do you have to like really have a big pipeline to like, make sure that you're not going to be, you know, starving and, and at the end yeah. of the day? Or? I mean, I'll, 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 I'll start off here, but you know, again, for, for our business, for what we do, um, you have to have a lot of things going on at once, just like what you do. You can't be focused on just one deal. You have to have multiple deals going at different times in the cycle. Whether there be, you know, just, you know, initiating the deal, whether it be deals that you've been working on for a long time, you have to be doing multitasking and doing multiple deals all at once. Because if you're just focusing on, you know, just on business development, but not focus on closing or just focus on closing, but not the middle, you know, servicing the client. Or if you're not focused on servicing the client, you're focusing on just the club meters. There are all different cycles, you know, throughout the process of a sale. And you have to be doing it all at once. And that's why I'm a really big believer on teaming. Um, I, uh, for, for our business, it is a very lone wolf business where, you know, the brokerage community where you work by yourself and it's a me, me world and I'm not going to share world. Mm -hmm. Um, About 10 years ago, I kind of turned that around and we have the largest team now within, 
you know, really Southern California for what we do. And it's all based on teaming. It's all based on collaboration. It's all based upon sharing and making your partners better, delegating. Everyone you find has, someone who has a better skill at this. They oh. take care of that. Everyone has certain roles throughout the team and really has their tranche of business, whether it be, you know, one guy's better at, you know, lead generation. One guy's better at servicing the client. One guy's better at cold calling. So it's, so it's all like, you know, just like running a normal company. And I really, if you look at your sales and looking at what people's really, their, 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 you know, their, their craft is and really what they understand, you know, within their business, if you can hone in on what their skills are, um, you're going to be successful. And, and again, kind of going back to your question, you really have to make sure that you're, you're really looking at the entire cycle and you're not just looking at, you know, the end result, because I truly believe that if you're doing a good job, regardless, you're going to, you're going to make money. You're, you're going to close deals. Money. Yeah. You're, you're going to close deals. Your people are going to like it. People are going to come back to you. You're going to have, you know, continue clients throughout the, the process, whether it be now, whether it be five years. I mean, I work on deals that take seven to 10 years sometimes. I mean, you know, right. back in the day when I was, when I, when I first got in the business, people would just answer the phone and I would get excited. If they just like look my direction, I would get excited. <laughs> but you know, obviously now you kind of, you learn how to qualify more. You know how to understand what a real deal is. You understand, you know, if this guy's really going to do something or not. And it's kind of fun to see the new guys and get, see their like sparkle in their eyes when they get their first lead. It's like them seeing Santa Claus for the first time. Right. It's like, <laughs> right. wow, he's real. Like a deal is real. Like I can actually make money and bring home money for my family. Like, wow. When did you bring it, get a team going? Cause like, as you're saying, like all these people had like kind of lone wolf. Yeah. So when did you decide like, I'm going to make it still is like that a lot. So again, you know, over the past call it, I don't know, maybe the last 10 years or so, but was it during the down cycle? Or so back in, so it's 2008, um, our market really took a turn for the worst. Same with the mortgage. I, mean, I think everybody in the world, yeah, everybody, 2008, a, nine was, were, were very, very tough times for all of us. Right. And I, and I, you know, I pray to God we never have to go back there, but reality is, is that it was, it was very difficult and we all had to sit back and really figure out, okay, how am I going to get back on this horse and how am I going to be able to, to, to succeed in this business? How right. am I going to be able to go to the, you know, to do what I want to do, to be able to provide for my family, to be able to, you know, live the lifestyle that I've been so accustomed to what do I need to do? So I stepped back and I, and I had a team of maybe call it two at the time. And we, we, we went from two to call it seven or eight in the downtime when people were maybe taking time off. Maybe people were doing different businesses. Maybe people went to different fields, right? We hunkered down, we buckled down, we sharpened our tools. We, we got more educated on certain, you know, you know, strategies and we, and we built in the downturn. We spent money. We didn't have to build a sales team. So we did something different because <clears throat> like a lot of people just will continue to do the same thing. Totally. Kind of like the definition of insanity. Yeah, yeah, just right? look at that. Albert Einstein. I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, inspecting a different result. Yeah. And I mean, we do that with our lives too. We do that with our diets. We do that with our, our social lives. We do that with our personal, with everything. We think if we're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, we're going to get a different result. And reality is, is you're going to get that same dang result no matter what. So you have to yeah. just make a tweak, a little tweak. It doesn't have to be major. Yeah. Make a little tweak on a daily basis. And it really changes it. We're kind of going off topic here, but I think, um, you know, teaming for me, leveraging people's skills and utilizing people's skills is the best in my mind for sales, whether it be you're selling toothbrushes or you're selling commercial real estate, it doesn't matter what you're selling. If you're really pushing and really pushing people to do the best they can and really finding the qualities that people have to be able to succeed. I mean, that's what gets me excited and that's yes. what really helped us to this downturn. And let's just pray we don't go through one of those downturns again. John, you <laughs> promised me come on this podcast. Mike Cristobal says we are not going to go into a crisis, especially 
if you do what you what Bryce Aberg here is saying. And that's, you know, like if you're listening to this and you're a mortgage guy, if you if you if you're like it's not working, what I'm doing is not working, then you do need to shake it up and do something different. You need to maybe like get put an ad out for someone who's great at technology, someone who's great at social media so that they can, you know, market to to those different Absolutely. customers that you potentially could get or you need to get someone who's great at, you know, going door to door, not, you know, knocking on, you know, doors or making referral partners or you need to go find a real estate agent that you can partner with now or you find a, you know, a divorce attorney that you can partner with or build that team, right? That, that yeah. you got to do something to 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 make your business start to to, to churn again. And it kind of goes back to the word average. You know, it kind of goes back to this whole thing. Does a full do you, cycle. Yeah, do you want to be average? Do you want to be average or do you want to be great? You know, being yeah. great, you know, a good to great is my, is, is my favorite saying being good's fine. Being average is fine, but who wants to be fine? Right. Let's be great. Let's be, yeah. ex- let's be excellent. I mean, let's live every day to the fullest. And that's what gets me excited every day. You know, absolutely. That's, that's so true. Um, so you got your start. We talked about that. Um, what, what has changed about sales? Like what you've been, you know, we were talking about how the, the cell phone and, you know, we used to have beepers and faxes and all yeah. that crap, but like what has changed about, you know, because now we've got millennials, they're some of the biggest, yeah. uh, demographic right now in, in the United States, 75 million people. Like what's changed about sales? I mean, we have to start selling still the same kind of sales techniques, but what would you say is the biggest change? A uh, great question and understand none of this is scripted. So Bryce and I are just answering yeah. questions is <laughs> I'd say, I'd say the frequency you can get to more business or you can see, or you, uh, you, you, you have a broader scope or, you know, you, and this is where more technology scale. is your friend. Right. And so you say like, Hey, you still have to use some of the still the same sales systems and whatnot. Totally agree. But I think, I think, I think you know, what has changed over the years is also, uh, transparency. There's been a lot mm. of transparency in sales because of People technology. People call your bullshit. Get 100%. The bullshit meter is, is, uh, it's, uh, it, it's wide open now. Right. You know, there's been a lot of regulations in mortgages, mm-hmm. uh, real estate, uh, um, merchant services, sure. which is technically not reg- unregulated, but mm-hmm. you know there is. And right. it, so from my industry, one of the, the 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 most profound regulations wasn't really even necessary regulation. It was eyes on the industry. It was when um, Apple and the you know the iPay and the and iPhones when those kind of dropped into merchant services, everyone kind of started. Ooh, and then the tablets and the new POS systems. I mean, sure. If we were all selling toasters and Apple dropped in an eye toaster, you know, shit would change. Yeah. Right. So you kind of take that technology where it's faster, quicker, does it by itself. I but want an eye toaster. By yeah, I do too. Yeah. 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 I kind of just got back into toasting. Yeah. With my kids. Toast is really good. Toast is delicious. Toast is yeah. I like toast. I love it. Oh man. It's just butter. Yeah. Keith, oh. you said something great about that. And I think, you know, transparency is so critical and clients want, A, real time, and they want transparency. They want to be hands-on. They want to know what's going on at all times. I don't care. I get what you're saying. That doesn't matter. Well, all we all we used to have was the Better Business Bureau. Right. Like that was the only way someone could really see if you were legit. Oh, totally. Now it's you know Yelp. You have. It's great. It's, I like it. It's yeah. making people accountable. Yeah. It's making people accountable and, and making people really do what they say and say what they do. And you know it's and and there's really you know being able to track this situation now and really understanding you know being complete transparent is you know why I think we're all where we're at today because you know again it takes the guys the the average guys and then the great guys you know I mean if you're transparent and you and you preach that and you actually live it throughout your sales cycle 
and you, and you, you know, whether it be you're doing mortgages or whether you're doing, you know, real estate on the brokerage side or you're doing, you know, merchant services or whatever you're doing, if you're transparent and you, and you're accountable to your clients, they love that. And we love that. I mean, right. think about when you, I mean, as me as a customer and user, I like what I'm being treated and I know exactly what the real deal is and, and not, you know, some, you know, a side deal or whatever the case is. I like to know what's really right. happening. And that's what climbing well, comes, comes with just continuing to uh, call and to give updates and to just tell people what's going on. Not, not do the be dark, like not go dark, right? Like you reactive and proactive, John. Yeah. It's, be proactive. Yeah. No one wants a reactive salesman. Reactive being reactive makes people a, you get sloppy. You're doing things that you shouldn't be doing. You're, you're, you're being reactive, which will mean you're being, you know, messy and you're not being thoughtful and not being, you know, creative, Proactive is what I try to teach all my guys. And it's all about planning. It's all about preparation. It's all about being prepared for that question that's going to come. Well, how many people today just sit in front of their computer and hit send, receive? And like reply, 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 you know, versus like, okay, I've got these 10 objectives that I have to get done today. And, you know, I'll get to my email at 11 a.m. or I'll get to my, I'll do an email, I'll, I'll schedule my emails. Like I'll do, I'll go at like 9 a.m. I'll do all like an hour of email, half hour email. Then I'll go come back at, you know, noon, do a bunch of emails. Then I'll come back at, I mean, some, for me in my business, I'm running around all the time. So I just, by nature, I have to get to my emails like that. But, um, but I think a lot of people going back to just average, just will sit in front of a computer and just hit send, receive, and then go, go on internet you know, search for some stuff, read the, you know, the news a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just not going to get you to that next level of being great. You know, if you're doing that, you have to take control of your day. You've got to make some objectives and have some, you know, have a plan. Who wants to wait for that next shoe to drop? Like, why do you want to wait around, wait, wait for someone to hand you something? I mean, again, you know, again, there's people in this world that will do that and that's fine for them. And that was when we're going to make us more successful because we're not doing that. But you know, again, it's all goes back to being accountable and also just planning out your day properly. You know, you're waiting for if you're sitting around looking at your send receive button and pressing that daily, you know, you're going to be average, period. I can tell you now you'll be average. You'll be average in two years, you'll be average in five years. You know, it's going back to the, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing. You're going to be average. So right. get outside the box, step outside yourself and, you know, try to create something and try to be excellent. You know, do you know anyone who's been kind of average and then all of a sudden changed? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, in in my business, we have a lot of guys like that. Where I'm not sure what it is, but sometimes it takes people a little time to hit their stride. And you know, sometimes those guys that don't hit their stride, they'll give up early or they'll quit uh, the business and they'll do something else. But uh, mm-hmm. but I've seen that the guys that hang in there and the guys that fail and the guys that learn and they get back up. Yeah, they might not be the number one producers, the top ten producers, top ten percent producers within their office, but. Over time, if they keep on fine-tuning their skills, I've seen a handful of guys that have really hit their stride and changed things around, whether it be their, you know, their, their lifestyle, whether it be their, um, you know, you know, getting more, you know, as far as getting more educated on, on, on sales process, whether it be, you know, self-motivations like, like Tony Robbins or whatever the case may be is. Yeah. I've, I've seen it and it just all comes back to what I said in the very beginning is just putting the hard work. And Keith, what do you think about that? Um... I would say that I've definitely been that person, gone from average to excellent. And throughout my career, that was a direct reflection of the leadership. You know, I've worked for people who were tyrants and mm-hmm. 
uh, were very oppressive, you mm-hmm. know, in, in an old school sales floor, if you will. Beaten down no, on you. 100%, man. 100%, yeah. bro. I mean, you get it, dude. We're versus versus someone who's inspiring you and, like, you know, giving you that motivation yes. that and you can the do it. Companies I have led, my companies, I've always tried to lead with inspiration. Mm-hmm. One is my goal was. I'm going to make this person laugh. They're going to laugh and we're going to have fun and we're going to get results and we'll manage the results or lack thereof. But being an inspiring leader, that's, that's the leader's job to get, whether you have an average, I mean, look, sales is, you know, they're in thirds, you're right. You got your top third, middle third, bottom third. That's just life. And it's a cycle. It's an evolution. You got horses, lions, and dogs. You're going to ride your horses, feed the lions. You got to shoot the dogs. It is what it is. And so there's numbers and there's math and blah, 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 blah. Right. But have I seen anyone transition from average to great? I have. And, and, and one example myself, you know, when I was working for, for other people and, and leading companies, it was a reflection of, of the leadership. 100%, 100% of the time then I've witnessed it. It's because of the leader. So what if someone who's a self-employed or like a loan officer is like a lone wolf, how would they, because they don't have necessarily leaders necessarily like working next to them or around them. They don't have a manager, right? Like you Te- technology, man, you got to keep them connected. So you, had, you need to find that leader, right? Had, you need to find that inspiration. Yeah, that's you whether have it's daily podcasts. sales call. I've had seven offices and 500 people. We did daily sales calls. We did sales training on Sunday too, to prep the teams for Monday. And this we goes had, back to what we were talking about earlier. If you, it, maybe that person needs to start a sales call. Like maybe they're sure. just a loan. They're not an owner or they're not like, they're just another salesperson. They're like, Hey, I want to, I want to start a sales you know, uh, network, call ne- network calling and then like get a few of their friends on the phone and say, let's, let's inspire each other. When I failed throughout all my careers, you know, positions, owning, whatever, uh, the first thing I would do is I would attach myself to someone who's winning. Yeah. Like, you know, when I had large companies and offices all over the country, I, I used to, as I said, I was a, a top office groupie. I just attached myself to the top offices. And you just, you can learn a lot. And then that. I would take the, that producer and we would do what's called best practices, hmm. introduce them or her, of course, give the mic over and share those best practices. So, right. you know, you can hear, you learn from your peers too. That's, That's very motivating. Right, right. Very That's... motivating. Cause Hey, it's all about... <laughs> If you want to succeed, you have to be able to replace the position you're in. You want to go up, you got to fill your chair so you can keep going. You know, and that I kind always, of talks about like that, that kind of leads to or uh, the sales thing where it's like you're growing a team, maybe getting someone to do what you do in that team. And then you, you kind of do something else that you're Bryce better is a at. Perfect example. I'll give it yeah. to Bryce. I mean, his industry is one or two person teams, right? How many people are on your team? We have ten now, and again, I, I love getting younger guys that are smarter than me, that are mm-hmm. that that are, that are more educated than than I was at the time when I came in the business. I love when I get younger guys that can teach me things, you know. And and I continually do that. You know, we've we've hired two young guys out of college in the last twelve months, and we have another one on the way. So I mean, it's it's a. Uh, I like to keep the team between ten and eleven or so because it's it's a little more manageable. Keith, you brought up a, a good point about leadership and how you know a good leader is what's kind of driven you throughout the career. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's, that's right on because I've learned that if you lead everyone the same way, you're going to have a lot of failures because one guy doesn't like to be yelled at. One guy likes to be praised. One guy likes to be patted on the back. One guy likes to be, you have to really understand what motivates each individual 
And that's when you, so true. When you get on a, to a to, to a big team and really, you know, you have to be, and that's why you see like you know guys walking around, you know, the warehouses and giving high fives to you know the employees and knowing everyone's names, knowing their wives' names, knowing their kids' names. You have to be able to connect with your employees, you know, with with your sales guys, but also understand what motivates them. And that's what mm-hmm. the biggest key is where not always money. It's not always money. And I've learned that the hard way. I've learned I've lost a couple of good sales guys because I pushed them in a way where I thought because it's the way that I like to be right. pushed. And I like to be pushed by, you know, by, you know, by accountability and more about, you know, like just, just worrying that I'm not going to be the best. Yeah. Some guys don't want that. Some guys don't want that stress. Some guys want to be left alone so they can be more creative. Some guys want to be that avoid, you know, and which mm-hmm. is great. You know, that doesn't work for me, but that works for other people. So that was the hardest lesson, I think, for me as a leader. If you're starting, if you want to create your own team and you're, and you're out to listen to this and want to be able to, you know, do what John's saying and, and, and maybe start creating your team or creating your network, wherever the case is, understand that you can't treat everyone the same as far as motivation goes. You have to make sure that you motivate people individually, because if you try to do a blanket motivation, it, it, in my, in, in my humble opinion, it, I don't, just don't think it works. You just got to learn what makes people tick. Yeah. I think yeah. it always fascinates me when I see someone that gets out of the rut somehow, like you see someone and you, and you see that they lost a bunch of weight, you know, and you're like, Whoa, like, how did they do that? They, they actually got off their butt and they started doing something, right? Like, do you ever, you ever see that? Like, like John, John T, not that he was fat or anything like that, but dude, he looks good right now. You did something. What'd you, you do? Real good there, John. What real good. You, you lost how much, how much weight did you lose? Um, so yeah, no, no. Cause when I got married, I got married at like 22 and then I gained, uh, like 45 pounds or so. Did you have a little pregnant? Would you have it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, and then and then I just got back to uh, to to doing you know I, well, I did keto, but it happened quick. Like and you, then I did no, it was like six months. It took you six months. Yeah, but well, still, like you can you could see a noticeable difference. It was like the first two weeks was like twenty pounds, and then from there the next twenty twenty five was like. But that takes that takes serious four like months. Yeah. dedication and just and doing something different. Yeah. yeah. I don't think you, I've man. eaten a donut or anything in here. I've tried to give you, you donuts. Know, like, yeah, seeds candy this past week. Yeah, John, you do love, you do love sweets, so I do I have a sweet tooth. He does. Yes, that's one thing. Also, too, you know, out there is you make sure you have healthy food in your office. Don't have donuts sitting around. It just yeah. makes you not motivated. I mean, only person I know that can eat that is Keith and still stay thin. But no, that's definitely not me. No, <laughs> I wish. Scarf and barf. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, do you know to to get out of a rut or to make a dramatic change in your life? You just gotta you just gotta get up and do something different. Something that you weren't doing before. I think we've said that over and over today. Find something. Look, if it's as simple as hey, dude, you're in an office, you're in a cube, or you're on a sales floor, or you're a broker, and you're failing. Who's winning? Who's winning? Attach yourself to that person. Take them to Find, lunch. How are they winning? Feel better about yourself. Know that you're better than that person or could be better or parallel or whatever, right? right? If someone's doing the same job but better than you, then just learn from them. Right. Learn from them. You yeah. know, unless they're flying around on the Cape, you're like, well, that's not going to happen. And that so takes some it. humility because you got to be Absolutely. open to. You said you study martial arts. 
Is that, I did, I, that's uh, what you said? No, no. I, I mean, I did wrestling in high school, but I did... Um, I thought so, you said Aikido. Uh, no, it, it's Aikido. Oh. like the... the oh, the, the, the diet. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, bad. Yeah, oh, yeah. my bad. Yeah. So you're talking about humility. That's a wonderful part of sales. Yeah. You have to... In, in failing and KPIs and uh, every sales company, I know, I'm sure yours, I know yours, mine, the, the leaders are on the board or the CRM. You know where you're at. You're watching your numbers yeah. every day is having that, you know, have, having that visibility um, you know, to, to, to measure your results against it. Hey, whomever's on top, just go attach yourself to that person. I love that about the mortgage businesses. You know, you walk in John's office here and you see, and there's a leaderboard and there's a big screen on the board that shows who's making, who's doing what. And I do that same thing in my business where it's all transparent. Every Monday, Friday, we check who's number one, who's made the most money. And most teams don't do that. They're not as transparent. People are, you know, again, lone wolves where they try to hide their information, but we put it out there for the world to see and it self-motivates and it also motivates other people. Again, going back to not everyone's motivated out of that, but at the end of the day, we are in sales. And, and, and most salespeople are competitive. Most that, salespeople and, are competitive. But or the, I know. love seeing that though, John, that's great. That, that, that little, you know, clicker, you know, the, the, the ticker with, with, with all the, the names on there and you know, who's doing what. And then, if you're not like, like, like he said, if you're it's not a number one, motivator. get next to that number one guy, Absolutely. take him out to lunch, yeah. ask him what coffee. they're doing yeah. that's making them successful. Cause it's definitely something. They're not just accidentally being successful. It's not, and it's not that they're better looking or they're better, you know, smelling or they're, you know, whatever they're doing something that, and, and I'm sure that they will, most top salespeople will give away their, their secrets too, oh, yeah. because they yeah. don't, they're, they're fine. They're like, whatever. I'll Your board is with all the, all the, the Grant Cardone, Tony Robb. Yeah. They give all away the information for yeah. free, but everyone's good. I've bought everything a hundred. I have one of the books in my car, his apartment, yeah. uh, you know, the Cardone capital. Right. Yeah, it's all free. doesn't matter. I'm still going to buy it cause buy it I'm then, a believer. Yeah. yeah. And if you buy it, usually you, you pay more attention to what Absolutely. you put money at. You know, if you get something for free, it's what is it? You know, you value what you pay for. Yep. And if you just get something for free, you may not look at it. You don't, you know, but if you pay something for something, like you notice that with kids, like, right. If your kids save up for something and they buy it, then to them, it's worth more than, it, than if you just go buy it for them. That was surprising to me. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm not afraid to tell people exactly how I got to where I'm at. And the reason why is, is because 99% are not going to put their head down and do what I did, you know, or, or do what what Tony Robbins tells you to do or do what these motivational guys, I mean, they're giving you the secrets. They're Can giving you, you the, if everyone the, did it. Oh, we would not be, we would be average. We'd be average. And I don't like that. Right. That does not sound <laughs> exciting to me. But again, going back to, you know, give people your trade secrets. If people are, are failing, if, if you are succeeding, listen to this, if you are succeeding, you know, don't be afraid to help people out because yeah. again, all it's going to do is, you know, it's, it's going to help you out. You know, again, you're not doing it to help people out. You're not doing it to make yourself better. But at the end of the day, you know, you're, you want to make sure that, you know, you're helping people and giving back and it all comes, it goes back to that, you know, effort and hard work and what you put into, you're going to get out of it. You know, mm -hmm. that's good stuff. Any last words, Keith? Wow. Oh, how do you find, how does someone get, get a referral partnership with someone like you? A referral partner? Yeah, like like mortgage people are always looking for ways to get leads, to get um, you know people that need this the, these type of loans. Like right. we're we specialize in self employed mortgages. So you know, for, how, how does someone get a hold of entrepreneurs and get 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 guys like you who are successful to to give them a loan? To get well, you know, I mean, you know, if I was working here and you know, and, I, and I'm looking to get. Uh, I'm just thinking out loud right now. Yeah. Getting get getting leads, 
you know, what I would do is you talk about like, you know, being hungry and getting out there and doing what other people don't do is I would go out and I'd go visit open houses and I'd go network with residential realtors who are working open houses because those those people are generally hungry. And if they're hungry, they're working hard. They're probably most likely, uh, uh, you know, probably a little newer to the industry than maybe than, you know, the, the team broker or whatnot. And if they can secure a buyer, you know, from the open house, you know, the representing the seller, who cares? You know, perhaps they can secure the financing or the or the, the pre-qual process. And if I was that person working, say, for you, you know, I'd also offer revenue share for those people. Um, that would probably be the first but thing that, that requires you to work on a Saturday or a Sunday. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. Yeah, that's what it takes. You know, if you are a loan officer and you don't have loans in your pipeline... You gotta freaking do something. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go work on a Saturday. You gotta go to open house, like you said. So, so, but those, but who you're gonna go network with are people in your same boat, man. You're working a Saturday and Sunday yeah. too, and they're looking for business. You can help them secure their business and they'll and respect then, that and too, then, and then build that referral partnership. Um, you know, you know, for me, you're trying to get to me directly is, you know, that's just networking, talking to people. You know, uh, are you in an entrepreneur group or anything like that? You know, I've been in several. I've been in several. Um, I just joined the uh, Sales and Marketing Leadership Alliance down here in San Diego after going to the holiday party after this. Cool. It's a pretty neat group, you know, local group. I've only been to a couple. I moved back, you know, uh, about a year ago, but I've, I've been members to uh, tons of those, especially um, earlier in my career. You sure. Know, early in your career, lots of chambers and networking groups mm-hmm. and you do um, what you got to do. The meetups and whatnot. Um, you know, the, the companies I built. Um, we were very, very, very heavy on marketing and there were call centers and they produced leads, appointments. We were a appointment manufacturing machine and we gave those to the closers and we ruled by KPIs. Mm-hmm. You know, you get X, I mean, dial appointment, you know, to closing average, to funding, to charge back. You know, you have to mitigate this whole process right. and you have all these con- cost containment and mitigation procedures. If one, if there's a slippage, you have to know how to fix it. You know, the cure is as quick as the cause on these things. So you like building systems and like, yes. which, which bit- loan officers can easily do that. If they just yeah. plan, it, it, they got a plan, they got to, you know. Yeah. You know, you mentioned earlier about, um, you, know, you, know, you know, if you lost your deal, you have, you know, do you need enough pipeline? Like other than pipeline, you need pipeline. My opinion is you need processes and you have to be able to control it from start to finish. That That's what I like right. in some of the sales systems that I've been involved with because you can get a, you can scale and get a predictable result. You don't sure. always get the result where you want, but you can see where the breakage is. Right. So again, now if it's the, hey, go out and go get your own leads is, hey man, that, that, that's that's the commercial real estate way. And that's what um, Bryce worked weekends his entire career. Right. That's why he's at where he's at. So if you have loan officers that don't have the pipeline, again, I'm just you know, answering this off the top of my head. I said, go hit those open houses, go yeah. work those with those. You go, you go hit 50 of them. Yeah. Right? Don't be average. You can go hit 10. You could hit 10. Right. Don't you be do average though and go to one. Yeah. Don't go to one or two. Yeah. Go to 10. Yeah. Yeah, go to 10 and help, help them secure a client. Because hey, it's a numbers game. It's yeah. a, and then you don't rev share with them too. Like, whatever, man, feed them. Feed well, that's, that's against the RESPA. Oh, is it? Okay, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah. you didn't know that and that's... That's the pre- Take him to a nice dinner. Buy him a present. There you go. Jewelry. Bryce, what do you what would you tell advice so. for our listeners? If you're looking at if you're if you're a lender or if you're a loan bro, mortgage broker and trying to find jumbo loans for brokers, I call it the three S's. So it's speed, it's making it simple, 
and it's also um, spread the focus. So again, going to speed, speed is, you know, demand is high. There's a, there's a lot of competition out there. So being able to have your term sheets, having your facts down, making it easy for us as brokers, that's critical. Know the product. You got to know your know product. Your pro- know what you're selling. Know being creative, knowing exactly what the terms are and being able to be detailed enough that, you know, you know what you're talking well, about. People want to work with the expert. They don't want to work with someone who doesn't know what they're they talking need, about. You need to be an expert so yourself whenever you are. Do your homework. No question about it. Number one, simple, making it easy for us, making it, you know, if we're going to lead, you know, turn you on to a client, make sure that you have, again, being prepared, being detailed, understanding what you're going to require from the end user, having all your facts in a row, and then also spread the focus. And I say spread the focus and meaning by, you know, going out to tertiary or secondary markets, obviously the major markets are, are flooded with a lot of mortgage brokers, but going out to markets that are maybe not as competitive, looking at where the opportunities are in these tertiary markets like you know, San Diego is, is not a tertiary or secondary market anymore, but it was, you know, five years ago. You know, there are infill markets, um, inland, you know, uh, 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 look, looking at different, you know, opportunities throughout. Um, maybe it's maybe it's a little more east, but looking where the opportunities are. And so then you're again, doing some research, you're trying yeah, to find where some, there's a demand. Totally. I mean, again, to it's, again we're, we're, we're not reinventing the wheel here, you know, but right. it's, it kind of goes back to what I said is, you know, making it easy and making it easy to to execute and to transact. Awesome. Thanks guys for coming on. Thank you very Uh, much. Thank you. It's great. Got a great office. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a fun loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at info at funloans.com. And if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's fund loans together.